from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. G'day, I'm Graham VK4BB and this is the National News for week commencing August 11, 2019. Alan VK5MAK further down the log will have a report on a science event at Wavell Showgrounds in Adelaide this month. Alan Shannon VK4SNRD contest manager will join Felix VK4FUQ during operational news. Our sister publication, Amateur Radio Newsline, have announced this year's Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. Also, we'll be joined by Cole, VK3GTV, Jason, VK2LAW, with Jeff Emery, Anthony Donoso, and Nara Jury, ZL2UJT. But first, Mike, VK8MA, WIA Director. Good morning, everyone. The last week has seen much activity in the preparation of the submission to put to ACMA in relation to any proposed changes to the amateur LCD. At the time of recording this board comment, we're in the final stages of the submission and once submitted, the final document will be available at the WIA website. Major topics have included items like potential changes to the number of licence categories, call sign changes and that lingering question about maximum power limits for the various categories, including potential power level increases for foundation call holders and maximum power for advanced licensees. A topic that has received much discussion has also been access to 60 metres. Some losses do seem inevitable, such as the 3 gigahertz allocation. At this final preparation stage, there has been frantic last-minute suggested alterations with some very deep thought towards final refinement. There has been much appreciated support from groups like AR New South Wales, AR Vic, along with Alara. The board has received general support from outside organisations and individuals, and it appears there has been multiple individual submissions to ACMA as well. The outcome of this review by ACMA could set the future for quite some time and we all hope these will be satisfactory outcomes for all amateurs. On behalf of the board, this has been Mike, VK8MA. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. One area that seems to be contentious with some amateurs is keeping touch with our historical roots. Shortly we will be participating in the RD contest and there is a debate as to whether it should be fixed on a weekend so as not to conflict with the International Lighthouse Weekend. There are reasons as to why the Remembrance Day is variable, just as there are reasons why Easter and other religious festivals have variable days. Should we abandon the association with the end of hostilities in the Pacific in World War II? Well, that depends on personal association with the history and personal and family experience with military service. Then there are debates over whether the WIA House Journal, Amateur Radio, should be just an e-mag rather than a print and supporting PDF. Historically, many radio clubs and organisations have published journals to provide records of activities and share these details via post. There are arguments put forward as to the convenience of the paper journal versus an e-reader. And I enjoy the ease of propping the paper in a convenient position for reading and would not put my tablet on a workbench near tools such as hot soldering irons. Last time I went through the stationery section of the shops, I could only find plastic clipboards to hold printouts in the same position. 
Anyway, if, if we look at the ease of access to internet, we are confounded by choice as the NBN expands its tenuous service and retailers compete to sign you up. The telcos are fighting back with better, cheaper and faster plans to suit people on the move with portable devices. This signals a change in technology usage, which will probably come to a head with the rollout of the fifth generation mobile services. However, let me raise another hypothetical. One adornment to many operating positions has been the call book. According to the WIA website, the first of these was published in Australia in 1914. So it is not a recent addition to operating ease. And if it were a building, it would probably have National Trust protection by now. The call book traditionally contains not only the call signs, names and contact addresses of amateur radio operators, and then a plethora of material relating to our pursuit. Obviously, the detail which the regulator, the ACMA, publishes in its database has some more details such as client numbers and the ability to print a copy of any listed station's license form. Someone raised the issue of privacy by the publication of the core book derived from the official list. Would this mean the end of part of the tradition of our branch of radio? Would there be equitable access to the data for people who still use printed QSL cards if internet coverage was not available? Would anyone care if there was no printed call book and the end of a tradition? I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This week starts with news from the IARU. Region 1 take monitoring of the RF noise floor another step forward. During a two-hour teleconference, the monitoring group of the IARU Region 1 EMC Committee discussed the German and South African noise monitoring projects and agreed that an important step forward will be the development of a common data format so that results from both and possible other future systems will be compatible. It was agreed that Dr David Lauder, Golf Zero Sierra, November Oscar, will collate the various proposals and circulate a draft format for further discussion. One of the important factors considered was the identification of antenna type used and a way to calibrate the data against a known standard. In New Zealand recently, the Rescue Coordination Centre, RCC, asked the New Zealand Spectrum Agency, RSM, for help locating an unregistered personal locator beacon. The beacon was thought to be obscured from the sky as satellite passes were occurring without detection. The RCC gave the PLB fix a tolerance of plus or minus 10 kilometres. Aircraft were not hearing the homing signal on 121.5 megahertz, one of the frequencies that the PLB transmits on, despite being close to an airport. RSM then received the 406 megahertz transmissions some two kilometres from where the PLB was finally located, a 500 millisecond transmission every 50 seconds. 
RSM's automatic direction finder was able to give bearings on these transmissions. Around 100 metres from the PLB, the homing signal was detected. This enabled easier tracking because the signal was essentially on constantly. However, to find the exact location, the PLB still had to be tracked manually. Due to health and safety concerns about approaching the address to where the PLB was traced, which is not disclosed in the RSM story, it was retrieved with the assistance of the New Zealand Police. PLBs are for distress situations only. Registration of 406 MHz PLB is a legal requirement in New Zealand. A registered 406 MHz PLB helps the RCC to find the owner's contact details in the event that the PLB is activated. In France, Ham Radio C Robot launched last weekend Squirrel C, the marine robot designed by the Association of Radio Amateurs Pen Arbed, already gives impressive results. Its WSPR beacon, Fox 4 Golf Oscar Hotel on 7 MHz and APRS sensors on were recorded by ham radio all over the world from north to south and from California to Tasmania. For Maurice Uguen, Fox 6 Charlie India Uniform, president of the Scientific Ham Radio Association of Plougano, a small city north of Brest, these results are out of our forecasts. We did not imagine such a cover for sensors relayed by a microtransmitter on shortwave of a lower power than a mobile phone. The robot is wet for a month of tests in front of the small harbour of Peroz, the time to validate the various scientific programs embedded. Subsequently, in a final form, it will be dropped off in the Celtic Sea, with the final project crossing the Atlantic in complete autonomy an ambitious program that will be the subject of work associated with several international universities. On-air event in UK calls attention to child's medical needs. In the UK, amateurs are joining with one community centre to rally around a local youngster with extreme medical needs. Organisers are hoping hams will listen with their hearts as well as their ears. The Newton Lee Willows Amateur Radio Club, Mike X-Ray Zero November Romeo Charlie, will be operating their station at the Derbyshire Hill Family and Community Centre in St Helens, which is hosting a fundraiser on the 7th of September for a local 15-month-old child who has a host of medical conditions. Lee Leyland, Mike Zero Lima Golf Lima, told Amateur Radio Newsline that the event is designed to make life easier for the little boy in need of home medical equipment therapy sessions and an adaptive wheelchair, amongst other things. HAMS will be operating on a number of bands using different modes from 10.30 in the morning till about 5pm local time. Lee said operators are hoping to make as many on-air contacts as possible. To the USA, Kilo Bravo One Echo Hotel Echo, Eric Knight, has played a role in the development of an RF-based Alzheimer's disease treatment that now shows great promise. ARRL member KB1EHE is part of a team mentioned in a study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease following a months-long FDA clinical trial of the treatment. Protocol concluded that memory decline in most patients appeared to have been reversed to cognitive levels equivalent to 12 months earlier after two months of treatment. The clinical trial concluded last December 31 and focused on the initial efficiency of what NeuroM Therapeutics Inc., the company developing the device, calls transcranial electromagnetic treatment using a non-invasive head-worn device called the Memorimo. 
Results from the trial demonstrate that TEMT was safe in all eight participating patients with mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease and enhanced cognitive performance in seven of them as measured by standard cognition scales, said a news release from NeuroM Therapeutics. Seven of the eight clinical trial patients agreed to take part in a four-month extension study based on the findings and the positive feedback from all participants. This pioneering study suggests that TEMT may be an entirely new therapeutic intervention against Alzheimer's disease. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA. Ham Radio Operational News, it's a contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All magistrating contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website wia.org.au Australia's big one is almost here. It's the BK Remembrance Day Contest is August 17, 18. This is Alan BK for Sierra November with the Remembrance Day Contest reminder. Book your diaries for Saturday 0300 on August 17th through to 0300 Zulu August 18th. Categories include single operator, single operator QRP, multi-single and multi-multi. Modes include phone, CW and RITI or a mixture of both. Exchange your RST and the number of years you have been licensed or for clubs the longest serving ham at the start of the contest. I will also accept 99. There are no blocks in this contest but contacts can be recontacted after three hours. Teams, remember to send your team notification to the contest manager as soon as you can. A team can consist of three individuals or two individuals and a multi-single station. A recent survey was conducted by RASA regarding the rule on the date of the contest falling on the weekend closest to the 15th of August. As I often work for the RSL and ex-veterans groups, I put the scenario forward to them for their comments. I expected some dissatisfaction, but wow, these guys were generally horrified and appalled at changing the date of the contest. They were obviously angry and comments like un-Australian, disrespectful and a lack of compassion and understanding echoed around the room. Someone even commented that it will be like changing the time and the date of Anzac Day. Its time and date has meaning and will never be changed. And so, fellow hams, the weekend closest to the 15th of August will not be changed. Thank you and hope to work many of you in the Remembrance Day contest. This is Alan, VK4, Sierra November. Across the ditch in Citadel, they are gearing up for their Taranaki Award. With details, here is Citadel to UJT, Nairi Jury. The new Plymouth Amateur Radio Club 2019 Taranaki Award will run from Thursday the 3rd of October until Monday the 7th of October 2019 and is open to all amateurs and shortwave listeners. Contacts may be made on any band, any mode. Each station may be worked once only. Detail of log submissions are available on the WIA News website. Paper logs and electronic logs are both welcome. Overseas station requirements have been relaxed and only six points are required. Taranaki stations will be available each day on the Taranaki Award Net 3.660 MHz plus or minus at 0800 UTC. The ZL Awards Net 3.677 MHz from 0900 UTC. There will also be a 40-metre frequency advertised closer to the event. In conjunction with the Taranaki Award, 
we will be running the Dan Wilkinson Memorial Contest. Details in the WIA webpage. Dan Wilkinson was the original holder of the call ZL2AB, the current call sign of the MPARC. Thanks for listening. This has been Nairi ZL2UJT from New Plymouth across the ditch. Thanks, Nairi. From ZL2LZ, LZ19 Yota, from the 9th Yota Summer Camp. LZ19 Yota is the call sign that will be used during the 9th Youngsters on the Air Camp, hosted by the Bulgarian Federation Radio Amateurs between the 11th and 17th of August. This annual event brings together young people from IAA Region 1 member societies for a week, creating an opportunity to learn all about the different nationalities and cultures, foster international friendships and goodwill, and learn new amateur radio skills. LZ19 Yota, QSL via the Bureau to LZ1BJ. Gilberto is operating from the Maldives using call sign 8Q7GB until August the 18th. Look for 8Q7GB on SSB, CW and FT8. A group of mainly German amateurs have activated TO5M from the St. Pierre and Miguelon Islands until August the 18th. They will be on all bands 160 to 6 metres on SSB, CW and FT8. QSL TO5M via Club Log OQRS. N1MM Logger Plus needs help going multilingual. The popular contest logging program N1MM Logger Plus is reaching out to hams around the world, and this time it's in their own languages. Developers are asking for volunteers who can help test the logging program as it becomes available in an experimental version in languages other than English. Al, AB2ZY, a member of the development team, needs hams who are able to help with the translations and hams who can then test the logger in the translated languages. If you are interested in helping this project, contact him via the email address in this week's text edition of WIA National News and let him know which language you can work with and whether you'd like to be part of the testing process, the translation process, or both. A number of ZS operators will activate Robin Island, again from August the 15th to the 20th. As before, they will use the call sign ZS9V. The IOTA reference is AF064. Look for ZS9V mainly on 10, 15 and 20 metres SSB. QSL manager is M0OXO. Robin Island is where Nelson Mandela was in prison for 18 years. A special event station with the call sign D73F is in the air from South Korea until the 18th of August in connection with the 18th World Aquatics Championships. QSL D73F via Club Log OQRS. DXCC News. The following operations have been approved for DXCC credit. CY9C St Paul Island, the 2019 operation. T6AA and T6A, Afghanistan, 2019 operations. The DXCC most wanted entities list has been updated on Club Log as of July 29th. The list contains 340 entities with the top four being BS7H Scarborough Reef, number 3 FT5 Stroke W Cruzy Island, number 2 3YB Bivy Island, and coming in as absolute number 1 on the top wanted list, P5. DPRK North Korea. The complete DXCC most one of them these lists is available on https colon forward slash forward slash secure dot clublog dot org forward slash most wanted dot 
PHP. Net advice. The BCDX net has been a staple for Radio DX's since November 1988, when it began as something called the SWLDX net. It can be found on 40 metres at 0300 UTC on Sunday mornings, and now it can be found in the pages of the Golden Book of World Records, where it was recently recognised as the longest-running net of its kind on the amateur radio bands. The international record book cites Sun L Deep, VU3SIO, who has been its net controller since 1990. Sun L leads the discussion as hams check in and discuss details of DX stations' operations around the world. VU3SIO was among the radio enthusiasts who began the original net with a group of friends, but his love of radio extends to other modes too. The retired senior bank manager notes on his QRZ page that he is not just active as a DXO on the HF bands, but can sometimes be found operating on Echolink. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Winningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Checking out the latest worldwide special interest group news on Col VK3GTV. And first up, it's Final Frontier. BRICSAT-2 and PSAT-2 designated Navy Oscar-103 and Navy Oscar-104. On June 25th, the United States Naval Academy PSAT-2 and BRICSAT-2 CubeSats were launched on a Falcon Heavy launch vehicle from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. The satellites were developed by Naval Academy students in the USNA Satellite Lab and operated in cooperation with the USNA Amateur Radio Club. PSAT-2 carries a PSK-31 transponder, Digipeter, slow-scan TV downlinked camera images, and a DTMF device-slash-APRS system. BRICSAT-2 carries a Digipeter and thruster experiment, and both satellites are currently active. AMSAT Vice President of Operations and Oscar Number Administrator, Drew Glassbrenner, KO4MA, says that the satellites received their respective designations following a request from the Naval Academy Amateur Radio Club. In other satellite news, LightSail 2 successfully demonstrates flight by light as the Planetary Society's crowdfunded LightSail 2 spacecraft is successfully raising its orbit solely on the power of sunlight. Since unfurling the spacecraft's silver solar sail last week, mission managers have been optimising the way the spacecraft orients itself during solar sailing. After a few tweaks, LightSail 2 began raising its orbit around the Earth. In the past four days, the spacecraft has raised its orbital high point, or apogee, by about two kilometres. The mission team has confirmed the apogee increase can only be attributed to solar sailing, meaning LightSail 2 has successfully completed its primary goal of demonstrating flight by light for CubeSats. On Monday, July 29, LightSail 2 sent home a new full-resolution image captured by its camera during solar sail deployment. The perspective is opposite to last week's full-resolution image and shows the sail more fully deployed. LightSail 2's Mylar sail shines against the blackness of space with the sun peeking through near a sail boom. LightSail 2 uses the callsign WM9XPA and transmits its beacon on 437.025 MHz AX.25 FSK 9600 BPS. And still on Space News, NASA and its various partners are in the process of designing and developing a small spaceship that will orbit the Moon, called the Lunar Gateway. 
This spaceship will be a temporary home and office for astronauts 250,000 miles away from Earth. Contained on the gateway will be living quarters and laboratories for scientific research, and it also appears that the gateway may also be home to an amateur radio station. AMSAT and ARIS have been busy designing this station and meeting regularly to discuss the matter. NASA envisages that the final assembly of the gateway may be completed in 2026. Now, wouldn't that be a great QTH to visit? Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. Restructuring of AS-117-AS-206. On the IOTA webpage, islands previously listed as qualifying for AS-117 that now fall within the coordinates box of a new group, AS-206, Honshu's coastal islands east, have now been transferred and are listed appropriately both in the application database scroll-down list and in the IOTA directory online. Following several activations from AS-206 in the last few weeks, with most already accepted for credit, the group number is now confirmed. Record holders with credits for AS-117 that commence with prefixes JA-0, 1, 2 and 7 will have their credits reviewed for transfer to AS-206. All chasers who logged into the IOTA system at least once during the last two years will be automatically informed by a credit reallocation. This will alert them to the need to find a replacement card or QSO match for AS-117 with the prefix JA3, 4 or 9 to regain credit. Other record holders for whom management no longer retains an email address will have any necessary transfer made automatically. The intention is to transfer all credits to the correct IOTA group within a few weeks and as this is quite a big job, patience is requested. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting World Scout Jamboree Ham Radio Balloon crosses the Atlantic. An APRS amateur radio balloon, callsign NA1WJ5, was launched from the World Scout Jamboree in West Virginia, USA, and floated across the Atlantic Ocean. The Scouting Magazine blog reports, You can reach practically any corner of the globe via amateur radio. That's the message K2BSA wanted to show scouts at the World Scout Jamboree. Those in the Amateur Radio Association launched four Mylar balloons from West Virginia in hopes that one would catch the jet stream and end up on the other side of the world. Well, one did. Each balloon, about three feet in diameter, was equipped with a global positioning system and an amateur radio transmitter. This combination of devices relayed information about weather conditions, plus the balloon's movement and location. Solar panels powered the transmitter, sending signals during daylight hours. Filled with high-grade helium, each balloon could reach a height between 28,000 to 32,000 feet. That's almost as high as most commercial passenger jets fly. And still on youth, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amateur Young Timers. Our final story this week is from Amateur Radio Newsline, where they have a winner of their 2019 Bill Pasternak WA6ITF Memorial Young Ham of the Year Award. I'm Col, VK3GTV, and I'll leave you with Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V, with that story. Incredible. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's the reaction from Dhruv Reba, KC9 Zulu Juliet X-Ray of Normal, Illinois, to his official notification he'd been chosen Newsline's Young Ham of the Year. Reba, who's 15 and going into his sophomore year at the Normal Community High School in the fall, found his way into amateur radio through his father, Harry Reba, Victor Uniform 2, Sierra Papa Zulu. I first got interested in amateur radio when I was nine years old in, like, fourth grade. So I went to the hamvention with my dad. So my dad's been a ham for a really long time, like 25, 30 years. So he was going to the hamvention with 
one of his friends from India, so I wanted to tag along. So we went to the Hamvention, and there I got to see all the cool stuff, like the Kears, the Morse code Kears, and like all their all the radios and everything. And I got like really interested, and I started studying for my technician class. Drew got his technician license at 9 and followed it up by earning his general license at 10. He immersed himself in public service activities with the Central Illinois Radio Club for a couple of years and also decided to combine his new hobby with his interest in space. Drew says he applied for a contact through the Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARIS, program. It took a couple of applications before he was successful in convincing everyone he could pull it off. Drew recalls the big day at the Chiddix Junior High School in Normal, Illinois, in October 2017. So I was the control operator at theirs contact. So I made the original contact. So I called for the ISS and I made the contact with astronaut Joe Acaba. And then, and then I gave the other students Drew became active in AMSAT forums and as a result ended up as a special ambassador and helped the Boy Scouts to carry out their heiress contact near the end of July during the World Jamboree in West Virginia. Another big adventure in Drew's life came when he was selected to join the Dave Coulter Memorial Youth DX Adventure on Curacao Island in July 2018 where he was a member of the PJ2Y team. We were there for five days, and we did phone, Morse code, TW, and we also did digital. What was your favorite mode to operate from Curacao? I mainly did phone, and I also did digital. That PJ2Y team made a record 6,262 contacts with 135 countries over five days. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V, from Philadelphia. Drew will be recognized by the Amateur Radio Newsline team for his achievement at the Huntsville Ham Fest on Saturday, August 17th in Huntsville, Alabama. On the social scene, first, let's rewind a week or so. The Elizabeth Amateur Radio Club members had a very successful presence at the Science Alive event at Wayville Showgrounds in Adelaide from the 2nd to the 4th of August. The attendance by schools and general public exceeded 21,000 visitors, not including children under the certain age who were admitted free. Amateur radio in South Australia was well attended by all ages. Also in August, but yet to come in Summerland, that's near Lismore, the Summerland Amateur Radio Club's Sarkfest, 8.30am August 25. VK4 at Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest, 9am Saturday, September 14 at the Wombai School of Arts. You want to go a bit further ahead? Don't forget Alara Meet happens in Bendigo in 2020, October 2 through 8. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.